In today's episode, we're reacting to nine baby items you don't really need to buy from parents.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the Popeye Fatigue podcast, the podcast for dads by dads. You know, when you're planning for your first child, the sheer number of baby-related products can be overwhelming, and there's the, you know, whole, what do I get, what can I skip, and so today, so today we're going to be reacting to nine baby items you don't really need to buy from parents.com, but first, here's my deal. I'm Dave. I have an eight-year-old daughter and a five-year-old son. I'm Jim. I've got two daughters, five and eight. So, Jim, the very first thing they talk about is a changing table and their arguments against having a changing table is it takes up valuable space and can be pricey. So talk to me a little bit about whether or not you guys had a changing table and what your thoughts are. We had a changing table for at least for the first one. I think we might have had it for the second one, but we were in a one bedroom apartment and I think we set up the changing table. And in some cases it was nice because it was where all the gear was, it's where all the stuff was, you know, so we didn't have to find things. We just went there. You know, we had the little strap, a buckler in and we had a mobile, I think, keep her entertained while we were changing the diapers. But I think it's, I think it's a valid point. It took up a lot of space and I don't think, eventually we stopped using it. We just had a changing pad or a couple of changing pads that we used laid out on the bed or the floor and uh, change diapers there. So it's a toss-up for me. I think there was some benefits to it early on, but I think we outgrew it, and I don't think we used it very much for the second. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think the changing table is actually more for us. It was more used as an organizational, you know, exactly. storage unit for all the diapers and stuff. We did change our daughter, I think, at the beginning, but like you, we ended up eventually on the floor. It was just easier, and I know so many people whose kids rolled mm -hmm. off that changing table at one point or another and yeah, that, was you know, that is right that's the heart attack and the one we had from ikea was there was basically you know, there's like a maybe like a one or two inch lip and then you put the pad over it and so really once that kid can roll there's effectively no border and so they're what three four feet off the ground and they just roll right i mean we we yeah. thankfully didn't have that happen but yeah we know a lot of kids that just you know rolled off one day and yeah it just seems easier to to change them on the floor it just i don't know for whatever i guess we're short people so it's just we're closer <laughs> to the ground anyway but it, it was always something that was easier and yeah they, they do take up a ton of space so the second one here is a wipe warmer and the arguments against is you know because the they're warming up the wipes you can get germs uh, there are, I guess, a bunch of recalls due to shock hazards, which <laughs> does sort of seem like, yeah, that's feels like that's something that you should design for when you're mixing like watery products with electricity. Uh, and, and babies. Then, right. Yeah. And although they do say it's mostly adults getting shocked, which is uh, I'm not I'm not really sure. I guess they're taking it out of the. The box right and that's the shock point uh, and then the last point which i would not have thought about but you know if your baby gets used to having a warm uh wipe that when you're out and about that kid is not going to be happy when they get that cold thing thrown on their butt so did, I mean, did you guys have a white warmer like, we did have one and we didn't buy it but it was something that we got from a baby shower and at first it was kind of it felt kind of luxurious or you know but it really got gimmicky quick and uh, and I don't I can't say whether or not it made a difference one way or the other. I think yeah, it, it, ultimately my conclusion was it was a waste of money. I wouldn't have bought it myself. Yeah, yeah it certainly feels like a, a bit of a bamboozle on, on parents because right you read about it, you're like that sounds great. I have a nice you know my kid will have a nice warm experience. 
uh, and I will admit that I had my eye on a uh, on a wipe warmer, and my wife very smartly was like, "What are you nuts? Like we this is the most useless thing ever." And in my uh, so I I was trying to push back on her by doing some research, and I did find this whole concept of yes, the, you know, you sort of may introduce germs because you've got this moist environment. So like I just I let it go. But there was a time in my life with the first one where I was like, this is something that I need. So I'm glad she was smarter than I and, and, and steered us clear of that. The third one is an interesting one. They, they say, uh, they call it a diaper disposable, a diaper disposal system, but really it's like, it's a dedicated garbage can for your, for your diapers. Right. And the big knock on that is they say, you know, primarily it's odor uh, that you'll have, you know, the smell of the diaper. room. So did you guys have anything like that? So I got two stories here. The the first is we did get a diaper genie, and 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 it is it is, it's another one of those gimmicks. You know, you don't need a special garbage can just for for diapers. You know, put them in a plastic bag and take them out to the garbage can. And you know, two or three, maybe. I mean, it's not. It, it felt that also felt kind of luxurious. But I think I bought that. I think I paid for that, um, and it you know worked marginally well. Uh, I don't remember what it cost, but it was. I think that's this is also a push. I'm not sure. I think. I bought it and we used it, so it must be worth something. But in hindsight, it kind of felt ridiculous. But yeah. as we were talking about earlier, the diaper disposal system, we, my <laughs> wife and I used uh, cloth diapers for the first one. And uh, that's a whole different disposal system. So, um, yeah. So, we, and, so anyhow, diaper genie for the second Yeah, and so, so you were saying you, you managed to do the cloth diapers all the way through your first child. Like you guys were – because I know people that – we're like, yes, I want to do this. And after a month of sort of the reality of it, they're like, yes, I have bitten off way too much and we're going to get disposal. So you guys went the whole nine yards with the first one. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. So the we had um, uh, child care. Uh, the lady who was doing child care was, uh, was a big proponent of the cloth diapers. And so we kind of got sold on it from, from her. And I mean, it had its pros and cons. Uh, a lot of cons, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine there are a lot of cons. Yeah, and so we we bought a um, a portable uh, washing machine, like a little something that you get in like an efficiency apartment, mm-hmm. and I had wheels on it hooked hooked up to the sink, and we would uh, wash the diapers in there and then hang them up on the rack. So it was. I mean, we ended up with a lot of diapers, and it was, I can't remember the first one in disposable diapers, so we must have gone all the way through with her, and I think we started with the second one, uh, and then quickly, you know, the the chaos of having two kids, I don't think we could, uh, we couldn't yeah. handle it, so we went to the disposables. But now, okay, logistically, cloth diapers, right, so if you're going to wash them in, a, in the um, washing machine, you're not going to put like one diaper, you're going to wait until you've got whatever, like 10 or 15, right? Right. So are you like half washing or like they just sitting like half dirty like how does that work and until you have like 15 i mean i guess with the kids right you can go through maybe five or six in a day depending on their age right three to three to five a day i suppose so that's like still three days worth of like kind of soiled diapers that are just hanging around right yeah there was some pretty pungent days but i think it was uh, i think we did them every day so at the end of the day you All know right. before we went to bed we'd set them up and then hang them out to dry the next day and we had we had plenty so i mean they could it's it's like a sometimes it's a three-part system or two-part system there's like the the waterproof outer oh, yeah, shell i guess mm-hmm. and then there's the the absorbent insert sometimes there's two of them 
And so you could wash the the outer ones don't get very dirty, so you could just wash that in the regular laundry. And then the 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 absorbent ones, those ones have to go through the special wash. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that it's a, it's a whole system of diaper yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, we had a Munchkin diaper pail, and um, yeah, I mean, after a while, it it does start to smell, but that's because we kept the same diaper pail through three for through two kids. So effectively, we kept the same pail for like six years. So that that's really my fault. Like we, we should have just changed that thing out because by then the plastic started to smell. But on a lot of these, like the Munchkin, they have they have like Arm and Hammer coatings. So actually, the I would say the Munchkin did a pretty good job of keeping the smell out. Um, I mean, certainly when you were taking the garbage out, uh, you could smell it. But other than that, I think it did a pretty good job. And for us, it was, you know, realistically, we weren't just, we're too lazy to constantly be taking the diaper out after every change. It seems like a small thing, but especially when it's your first and you, there's just other things you're focused on, having to go downstairs and, you know, throw that out uh, was just not something we were going to do. But it is like, you know, it's the whole razor, razor blade model, right? Like you can buy the pail pretty cheaply and it's all the plastic bags that are right. where you're yeah. going to get nailed. But you can do like a lot of them have their... You know, sort of knockoff bags that do the same the same job so yeah i think for us you know the disposal system if you will it worked out pretty well for us for the uh, the one bedroom apartment where we were doing the cloth diapers if we could literally open the back door of the kitchen and there's a garbage chute right there yeah and so it would have been we would have we would have been okay with disposable diapers <laughs> yeah in hindsight. i think it's, it's sort of like your ability to or your desire to throw away a disposable diaper every day really depends on your sort of your home's layout and your circumstances and yeah. how close you are to the the uh, outside garbage. So the fourth one here is a special baby detergent, and the cons here they're like it's just it's detergent. Like there's no reason to have a special baby one. It's you know you're adding more stuff to your house. It's pricey, and they were saying that really all you need is a brand that's sort of free and clear, which means that it doesn't have any perfumes or dyes. That might irritate your baby's skin and so that sort of free and clear is not unique to baby detergent you can get regular detergents that that don't have perfumes or dyes but did you guys have anything any baby detergent yeah i was just looking we we used a uh, drift um which i kind of liked it was i mean i think we just washed all our clothes in it uh it was good detergent but you're right soap is soap and there wasn't anything I didn't notice the difference between that and the the Tide free and free and clear, which is what we eventually ended up using. But just looking online, it's about twice as expensive. So, uh, so they got a good point. I mean, yeah, detergent is detergent. It's expensive. Uh, I don't think it's worthwhile. Yeah, the baby thing is certainly. If you could slap baby on anything, you're paying a premium right out the gate. Totally. It's the same thing or not. You know, we we did have baby detergent. My wife bought it. Um, yeah, I didn't notice anything. I will say it was always weird when you put your clothes on and it's like if we had a mixed load or whatever, we ran out of our own laundry detergent and then you wash your adult clothes in the baby detergent, your mm-hmm. clothes come out mm-hmm. smelling like baby clothes. That's always a little weird when you're sort of used to that <laughs> smell being associated with your child. But yeah, other than that, yeah, I mean, the, as you point out, right, detergent is detergent. So number five on this list is a bassinet. And they were just saying that uh, a lot of times a Moses basket or a play-in pack is probably a better and more affordable alternative. And that, you know, ultimately you need a crib anyway. So having a bassinet and then having to switch to a crib and then a bed, like there's just, it's not necessary to kind of go through those steps. 
But I think you guys did have a bassinet, right? Yeah, we had a convertible thing. It started as a bassinet, and then you could convert it to a crib uh, by adding some some separate panels, uh, and then you could actually convert it to a, a bed. So it goes, you know, theoretically it could have been, you know, all the way through the toddler age, you go from the bassinet to a crib to the full size bed. But we ended up not using it after the crib stage, and I don't think we used it for the second. So for the first, we had a little bassinet, but you know, again, we really didn't use it all that much because we did co-sleeping. So the bassinet was really just kind of a place to, to put the kid that was safe and I didn't have to worry about her, you know, playing with rusty scissors or anything. So it was for sleeping. I don't think we used it very much for having a place to put the kid. You know, eventually we just got a pack and play, which has the same purpose and a little bit more, more versatile. We had a bassinet, but it was a hand-me-down. Like a friend of ours, their, her daughter was is I think maybe six to eight months older than ours maybe so um, or maybe a year but anyway so we got a, a you know a, a bassinet from a friend of ours and you know I think it was nice to have the bassinet I mean I don't know whether we would have paid for one if we didn't have one for free but I think it's kind of nice because they're sort of contained and also with the bassinet they're just higher up so again this whole I want to say this again this this plays into our uh, height or lack thereof in my family and so having the bassinet just brings them it's just a little bit easier on the back because they're just higher off the ground than in a crib um, although I suppose the cribs also you can sort of adjust the height of those but um, yeah I thought the bassinet was nice and, and again you know if you have a small bedroom it could be nice to have uh, the bassinet if you want to have that you know the child close to you uh, at the beginning so so I, I enjoyed the bassinet even though you know, we did go bassinet, then crib, and then bed. Yeah, I don't, what we ended up using was a, a sort of sidecar that hooked up to the to the bed, and I don't know if that's technically a bassinet, but uh, anyhow, so we didn't use the bassinet even when we had it very much. We ended up having the kid in the bed or with the sidecar. Yeah, I always wondered about that, so it's it's good to kind of hear your story about that because that that was something that I was looking at because I was always concerned when we co-slept that you know the kid would get smothered or rolled over. Like, yeah. I was terrified of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, these are, again, I, I think these are sort of new parent things. I, my guess is that rare is the, you know, rare is the experience where a, a kid gets rolled over by her uh, father or mother. But I, it's certainly something that I think is, as new parents, it concerns you when you're co-sleeping. The few stories I read were the parents were, you know, inebriated. Yes, uh, that's true. Yeah. And There's, for me, I just thought I was so sleep deprived, you know, I wasn't sleeping well anyway. And just to, to think that I would fall into a deep sleep, like who knows what I, what would happen. Well, and since we're on the topic of cribs and everything, number six that they have here is expense. They call it expensive crib bedding, but to me, it's mostly um, bumpers and the kinds of things that, that are sort of marketed towards putting in the bed or in the crib. And the big con here is that according to the U.S. Product Safety Commission, crib bumpers are, actually have caused a number of deaths and injuries in babies two years old or younger. I mean, they, they do say it, it may be a contributing factor to SIDS. So it was certainly something that I did the research. I looked at it and like, okay, well, that's not something that the kid really needs, right? They make the bar so your kid's not going to get their, their head stuck in there. So the bumper doesn't serve that much of a purpose like okay maybe they're rolling around a little bit they you know but it's not like they're gonna bash their head in inside the crib by turning over but um did you guys have so uh 
I guess since you had a bassinet, you wouldn't have had crib bumpers anyway, right? Because you never went to the crib well, stage. Yeah, and it did convert to the crib, but we didn't. We had a very simple cotton sheet, and then we had we used a sleep sack. And I don't think we, it, like you, we were totally terrified of SIDS, and yeah. I didn't, I didn't want any risk of you know suffocation or lack of oxygen or whatever. Um, but we did, we did buy this thing that was um, a fabric that stretched that was attached to the inside of the crib and stretched all the way around. And I, I can't remember now why we got it. I don't know if things were falling out of the crib or if it was, you know, like maybe she got her foot stuck or her hand stuck or something like that. So we put it around, but that's as far as we went. We didn't, I mean, no bumpers, no blankets, no, no stuffies, no, right, you know, nothing. It yeah. was just a bare, bare crib. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. So uh, my cousin is married to a Dutch gentleman and when they went to the Netherlands, I guess they were sort of remarking that in in cribs in the Netherlands, it's like a, an adult bed. Like there's the kids in there with a blanket and stuffed animals all over. And it's just, it's interesting because that is the exact opposite of what we're taught to do in the States. And so I think, you know, just to go back to sort of differences in cultures and, and how uh, kids are raised. But yeah, for us, it was the only thing that was in that crib was the kid with a sleep sack. And that was it. There was a, you know, a mobile over the over the crib, but that was about it. Or I guess in some cases, the mobile hangs right into the crib, but that was it. Uh, number seven here on the list, high chairs, right? They take up space, they're expensive. And uh, they're saying, you know, these days that having alternatives like a space saver high chair where you can just plop it onto a regular chair just makes more sense. We went through a couple of different uh, chairs, I think. Uh, but I'm having a hard time remembering the one that we ended up settling on for, I guess the latter half of the first and then for the second was the, was an Ikea, uh, high chair. So it didn't cost very much money, really simple, uh, strap them in. Yes, it takes up space. We were in a one bedroom apartment for a while, two bedroom apartment afterwards. And so space was obviously at a premium, but the high chair I absolutely needed because it was, you know, particularly if I was doing solo parenting, mm. be able to just buckle them in there. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And they just anywhere. know that that's, that's where they were, you know, give them something to play with, give them some Cheerios or something like that. And, you know, free up my hands and my time to do with other things. Were you able to use the same high chair for both kids? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is this Ikea one we used for the latter half of uh, the first one. So it was then, pretty, pretty sturdy. Yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, plastic and four metal legs, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We got, uh, so my parents gave us, I guess it might've been for our, um, baby shower uh the oxo high chair which that thing is like that's a massive piece of furniture uh but it, it you know f went f flying colors through both kids and yeah i think there is something to certainly having um that means strapped in i think you know where to me the high chair like a dedicated high chair versus a sort of a space saver high chair differs is probably in the types of furniture you have so if you have nice you know dining room furniture you know you might not want to put a space saving high chair on top of that because my guess is even though there's the table there's still things that fall down you know under the cracks there but yeah i mean i think for us it was nice to have a high chair but yeah it, it did take up space and we eat we have this sort of small eating nook which in a lot of the houses of similar types to ours, people use it as a pantry. So you can imagine it's not huge. And so on top of that, when you stick this massive high chair and it does take up a lot of space, but 
I would say the the main thing is that we so we eat on our next door neighbors gave us a a table that they had for their kids that their kids outgrew. So uh, the four of us basically eat at like a little kids like a you know, like a third grade <laughs> size table. Again, the the the, th the theme here is that we're short. Um, and so the problem with that is the high chair is at a normal table height. And so he's, he's towering <laughs> over us like the king. And so that was always kind of funny. And it, it did, you know, I think that the other thing was that, you know, you also want him to feel part of the meal, but you know, he, he, when he's towering over us and then because of the way the legs are, right, he can't be sort of at the table as easily, mm -hmm. right. He's not sort of pushed into the table. And so those were, I think only some, some complexities that we had every year, you know, everyone's system is going to be a little bit different, but those were, I think some of the, the, the challenges that we had with the high chair, but overall, yeah, you know, you got to have something. I think it still makes sense to get a dedicated high chair versus space state high chair, but you know, everybody's feels a little bit different. We, we transitioned to the booster seat as soon as we could, but it was a little bit too early. Because even you know we strap it down to the chair, but even so, it kind of wiggle around a little bit. And yeah, yeah. It just felt a little unsteady. So I mean, I, I think the high chair was worthwhile for the time. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we kept a booster high chair, the like the space saver high chair, at my at my parents' place because we were over there every Friday for dinner, and so it, instead of having a this massive high chair that they were only using once a week for one meal, that seemed to make sense. Um, but they have nice furniture, so we had to, you know, we put a we put a towel underneath it and that also helped having a towel underneath also helped it from moving too much laterally so that, um, you know, both kids when it was their turn was really, they're really pretty well strapped in. Uh, but that one, because now, now the kid is at the height as the same height of the table, they actually have to be pushed back because their table is at the same height as the actual mm -hmm. table. So, you know, again, sort of, it's all this sort of size and, and, you know, how much you want to be able to kind of, again, sort of make them feel like they're part of the dining experience. Uh, and speaking of dining experiences, number eight on the list is a baby food processor, which, you know, similar to the soap detergent, right? It's cost, it's space, and it's it's duplicative. There is literally nothing unique about a baby food processor other than maybe it's colorful and it's cute and it maybe sits a little bit nicer on your countertop. But, um, you know, did you guys try and make any baby food or have a dedicated baby food processor it's i was just about ready to say no and then i do remember that we but i think we had a regular food processor so i think the, the idea of a baby food processor is kind of ridiculous i think we did have a cuisinart at the time but yeah i mean why how is a baby food processor different than a food processor yeah i mean the only thing i can think of is the quantity of stuff that you would want to stick in there right so like if you're only going to do like a single serving size for a baby is going to be, you know, tiny relative to like an actual legitimate food, like a Cuisinart food processor. But, you know, that's where like things like the magic bullet and those kind of really small form factor things still accomplish the same, you know, I think the same thing that a, you know, a baby food processor would. So yeah, that would just feels like pure marketing genius uh, on somebody who's trying to get you to pay, <laughs> pay a premium for something that is not any different than anything else. Okay, and the last one we've got here on their list is the diaper bag. And again, we're we're just going from marketing to marketing, but there is, uh, I mean, their their point here is that there is absolutely nothing that's unique about a uh, diaper bag. I have I have my own opinions uh, on that based on my experience, but what are your thoughts on the diaper bag? 
Yeah, I think any bag can be a diaper bag. It's just, I ended up using a backpack and the backpack was great. You know, put in the changing pad, put yeah. in the diapers, you know, wipes, snack, all that kind of stuff. And just, it was, you know, band-aids and whatever. Mm. And uh, I mean, that was my diaper bag and it was great because I could carry it on my back. I didn't have to try to sling it over my shoulder or, you know, wear it bandolier style. Uh, that was great. I think we we did have, we, I can picture two different diaper bags that, that probably my wife used. Um, but I mean, they were, they were essentially just a, a, a second purse for, her, you know, that had yeah. diaper stuff in it. Um, yeah. Like you say, I think it's just marketing. Have you seen the, the tactical dad diaper bags? Have you seen <laughs> no, those? I haven't. I haven't. Yeah. It's like a military style, you know, with like straps and Velcro and like yeah. camouflage <laughs> yeah. and all that. It's, it's a little over the top, but uh-huh. uh, obviously they're, Diaper bags have traditionally been marketed to women, so now they're coming out with diaper bags for men. Uh, like I say, I think it's a little over the top. Backpack <laughs> I, was fine for me. Yeah, I will say to me the having looked back in hindsight about you know what about diaper bags, I think the main thing is that it a diaper bag should be well organized, right? Because you have all this stuff. And I will say that so we had the the classic like skip hop diaper bag, right? It's just a you know like a sack. Basically, right so it just goes over the shoulder but a friend of mine bought us a backpack diaper bag that was actually quite well organized so it came with its own uh, changing pad but whatever everybody has tons of changing pads but it actually had a, a specific slot for you to slot in your changing pad and then where one would normally have like a water bottle holder that side pocket was a um, like a cooler pocket so if you wanted to take your breast milk or whatever, anything that you needed to keep cold for a little while, like there was a little slot there that was actually cold. And I think one thing that was really interesting, I thought this was kind of genius, is it actually had hooks for you to hook it on to either a stroller or a shopping cart. Mm-hmm, so I've normally, you, right, like, yeah, normally you swing the, the shoulder straps over, which may or may not work on a stroller or it certainly doesn't work on a shopping cart. But this had, you know, straight up, like straps for that and i did use that quite a bit so i think there are in some instances people have thought a little bit more about what really it's the functionality that you want to put in a diaper bag so this is one where i will argue that there are good diaper bags that have a very dedicated um function that are you know yes they're backpacks but there are sort of these little touches that make it a little bit easier to use as a diaper bag. And so I, I will say that that to me, you know, depending on how you use the diaper bag and, you know, what you're using it for, I actually think it does make sense potentially to get a dedicated diaper bag backpack. So, okay, with all that being said, uh, what are, you know, in terms of our own experiences, what are the things, if any, that were the most useless products that you were either given or purchased? You talked about the, the baby uh, wipe warmer, which you were given, or is there anything else that that uh, was just a waste of money? I think it's a lot of the things with the bottles. Uh, I mean, you and I have talked again uh, before about uh, we went through five or six different brands of bottles, maybe even more, because our uh, our first was colicky, and we were just desperate to find anything that was going to work for. Her. Uh, and we ended up coming up with the Como Tomo bottles as the as the go to ones. Those ones were great. But we had the Doc Browns and the, you know, everything else that we, and we just, there was just a clutter on the kitchen counter. And then we had the bottle washer and the 
with the sanitizer with the sterilizer yeah. oh yeah 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 sterilizer the Phillips, yeah and then we had a uh, a bottle warmer and mm-hmm. those things i mean the the sanitizer great the rest of that stuff garbage i mean we could have had the the comatomos and the sanitizer and that that would have been enough and instead we just had drawers of full of this stuff <laughs> and the the you know the warmer was complicated and it, you know trying to do it at three in the morning and you know, it's it was just it was not good it was you know it was easier just to warm it up on the stove than it would be to go through the, all the machinations of trying to make it work were you guys primarily breastfeeding or were you doing a, a combination of breastfeeding and, and formula it was breast breastfeeding yeah so so the bottles were for, for basically all the milk that was thrown into the freezer yeah it right um yeah we're in the fridge or whatever and uh, yeah so that was for the first we, we did go to formula for the second shortly shortly after yeah i mean uh i similarly in terms of most useless products so we also had like five different brands of bottles and that was mostly because i had read for the first one that some kids are particular to certain nipple types and uh all this despite the fact that my wife was like oh i'm gonna nurse so, but I bought all these bottles in just in case. And since I was buying for a just in case, I'm like, well, if it's true that they, you know, certain kids have very specific nipple types that they enjoy, then I should buy a whole bunch of different ones to see, you know, maybe, you know, my kid's going to be that kid. And I would say that, um, first of all, if you're planning a nurse, it doesn't always happen that you, you know, your wife is able to. So that's one thing, but I didn't need to go out and buy like five different brands of bottles because it just wasn't necessary. And yeah, the Doc Brown ones, as we've talked about, there's like five or seven pieces to that thing that just annoy the hell out of me. So that to me was, uh, if I had to do it over again, I probably would have just, I like the Advent bottles. I think they're sort of the perfect size. They're sort of small versus the long ones. Um, So... I probably would have just stuck to that and, and those nipples were fine for our daughter and for our son. Um, and actually, it's funny you mentioned the, the bottle warming because I actually did want that. We never ended up doing that. Uh, but one thing that I did find utterly useless that we did purchase actually was that was the sanitizer. I was like, hmm. look, hot water and soap and the dishwasher should be fine. So did you guys wash it? And then throw it in the sanitizer. Is that? Is yeah, that we did. And, it, and to hear you say it out loud like that, <laughs> it makes it sound a little ridiculous. I don't remember why there was some particular uh, concern that my wife had about some, you know, mysterious bacteria or mm. you know, one of those things, like a SIDS thing for sanitation that we ended up um, trying to fight with that. Yeah, I mean, the reason the sanitizer ended up in my house was for our first. My mother-in-law came, and she's from Asia, and she's from a part of Asia where you can't drink the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yes, I could absolutely see how that would be something that you would be concerned about. But you know, we're not in a country where you like, you know, the area that we live in has really, really clean water, and it just wasn't something that I felt was necessary. And so, it, it actually was honestly was a point of friction between me and my wife at the beginning. I'm like, come on, I don't need to do this. <laughs> And my wife's like, look, just humor us for the whatever the six weeks that she's here. Suck it up. You're going to sanitize these <laughs> bottles. And the minute she was gone, I'm like, that thing is going in the closet. And I'm, we actually ended up giving it away to a friend of ours. And I didn't even ask it for it back when our when we had our second one. I'm like, I don't 
I don't need this thing. And I just never thought it was useful. Um, but I think, you know, for some people, they're like, well, you know, when you go into the hospital, things get sanitized with steam. So, like, I get it. Um, although I also think they sanitize the other ways. But, uh, yeah, that was my number one. And those things are huge, dude. They take up so much space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Again, like, one bedroom you know, apartment. Wash it. Yeah, like uh, that was one of those. I just, there was nothing about the sanitizer that was, I was cool with. Like all of it was bad. Right? <laughs> so uh, are there anything, like what were the most useful products that you either purchased or were given? Uh, the most useful one I think was the the Uppa Baby Vista stroller. Uh, mm -hmm. And it was a gift from my mother-in-law. And uh, it was, we got it when we had the second because uh, it's got this sort of stadium seating, so you could have two seats. Mm -hmm. uh, you could start actually. There was a you could do a bassinet with a seat, mm -hmm. yeah, which yeah. we didn't do. So we I think we only used the two seats. So they had, uh, had the the older one in the upper and the younger one in the in the lower. And then you could convert them so they were face to face or back to back or they're both looking forward. So it was great if they were fighting, <laughs> you could <laughs> separate them. Uh, they had these covers and like rain covers, and uh, it was really versatile. And then we could get rid of the second seat. And we had the little skateboard that uh, ride along, rides along yep. behind. So when the older one could start to walk more, she didn't need to ride. She could stand behind. Uh, and it was adjustable. I mean, it was a great it was a great product. And it lasted us for a long time because it was so versatile. Um, the other, and I think it's kind of underrated, is the pack and play. And it is bulky, somewhat bulky. Once you get it out of the bag, it's kind of hard to put it all back in. But it is portable, uh, even if it is a little clumsy. And taking that to, you know, grandma's house, taking it on road trips, uh, you know, we used it as a crib sometimes or just as a, as a place to keep the kid where she wasn't going to get into trouble. Um, yeah, and, and particularly in hotels, remembering in hotels, you could bring it in and set it up. Otherwise, what are you going to do, you know, if you're in a hotel room? Right. Uh, I guess some, some of the nicer hotels will probably bring a crib to you. But otherwise, uh, you know, you're just setting up on the bed and stacking up a pillow wall and hoping for the best. Yeah, the funny you mentioned the the strollers. There was absolutely a time in my life where, you know how some people they can, you know they know all the stats about cars and they can, you know they know all the stuff about cars. That was me with strollers. <laughs> I was like obsessed with strollers. Everywhere we go, I'd be looking at other people's strollers, like, oh, check that one out. Look at that. And uh, we spent a good amount of time actually debating whether or not we would get the sort of the double stroller when we were in that phase. And we must have spent like two hours or something in you know like one of these uh bye bye baby type stores where we were trying out different strollers with the kids and different permutations and we we, we ended up not ever buying another stroller we just we never went <laughs> with a duel but it was something i mean i remember being so jealous of people when they were like pushing their kid and they had the 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 board on the back for the older one and yeah we just uh we never ended up doing that so i i I don't know if I still wish we had done that, but I, part of it too for us was it was just not super practical too, like to fit a stroller that big in our car and just like, you know, sort of the logistics of it all. But I, I absolutely was um, jealous of people that had that system worked out for their kids. But, you know, in terms of the things that, that I found super useful, uh, so unlike you with the hot water bottle, like a dedicated hot water baby bottle heater, which I always wanted, we ended up just getting a hot water heater you know, where it's just, you sort of, it's like a two liter thing and that, you know, you just set the temperature and go. And that, that is mostly useful because you can use it for pasta, for tea, for coffee, whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be just to warm up the baby bottle, but it served the same purpose. Right. And so 
you know, because we always set it at the same temperature, like whatever, 190, I knew that, okay, once I stick that baby bottle in there, it's going to take X amount of minutes for it to be ready. So I wouldn't have to guess, right? You just, you set the timer, you kind of have to stand there because they float uh, when you stick the water. So what I would do is I pour a coffee cup full of hot water, stick the baby bottle in there and then wait, whatever the requisite minute and a half or whatever it was. And, um, and I guess it, it's, it's less fidgety than what it sounds like what you're talking about with an actual dedicated bottle heater. And yeah, I mean, at three in the morning, I'll take any little trick that I can do to get that, mm -hmm. that milk going a little bit faster and, and to eliminate any of the, the uncertainty about, Oh, is the milk ready? Is it too hot? Is it too cold? Oh, you know, I, now it's too hot and I got to wait for it to cool off. Like, mm -hmm. so it just, we kind of worked that down. I would say uh, Uniqlo baby clothes and baby clothes from Japan are just well designed. Like the snaps are different there. You know, so the American snaps are, they're always like that sort of metal snap. And I always found those a little bit difficult to use, especially when the kid's like rolling around and fighting with you. And the snaps on the Uniqlo clothes are, there's like a plastic button, but they're just easier uh, they're easier to close and the clothes are just more accessible to get your kid in and out of. So if you're, uh, if it's baby shower time, ask for Uniqlo baby clothes, in my opinion. Uh, a couple other things I loved. We had a swing. doesn't matter what swing you get. Um, I mean, not all kids go for swings. I, I had a coworker and he's like, they bought a swing. He's like, that kid never took to it. And it, you know, it ended up just sitting in the house for like a year. Whereas we used our swing multiple times a day to get our kids, both our kids to sleep. So um, that was totally worth it. Uh, the one stroller that we did have was the GB pocket stroller. I mean, we had a, a couple, but that was our travel stroller. And we've talked about that stroller on this podcast a few times. That's the one that folds up uh, so that you can actually stick it underneath your seat in an airplane. It, it's that small. And that one is gold when you're traveling. Uh, the car mirror, that we had, I mean, just any car mirror, but car mirrors, I think is, especially when your kid's young and it's your first one, you always want to kind of, you're always constantly looking in the back to see what's going on. And then um, the last thing I have, speaking of cars is, so when we had our first, I ordered, I think seven, five or seven car seats. Uh, <laughs> yeah, from Amazon. I got a confession to make when you're done. So, <laughs> okay. yeah. so yeah, I, I mean, I tried so many freaking, and, and part of it was like you're trying to figure out what's easy to install, what's easy to uninstall. And at the time, I had a Volkswagen Jetta, and again, small guy here. That car is pretty small, and there were a couple of the car seats that when you turn them rear facing, you couldn't fit into the Jetta. And again, small guy here. So it just, they would not fit. So out of those seven car seats, there were literally like three of them that I had to return simply because they just would not fit reverse facing into the car. And then there were some that are like the Dionos that are just, those things are like, they weigh like a hundred pounds and to muscle them in and out, right? Those are, those are heavy. I mean, they're super safe supposedly, but they're really heavy. They're tough to muscle. And ultimately as the kids were growing, you know, um, for a variety of reasons, I am constantly taking car seats in and out and that is such a pain and i found that the brytex click tight system is genius like that thing uh so we still have that for my my son and that's something where you can take the car seat out literally in 30 seconds and you can install it in about a minute it's so simple so if that is you know if, if you're in a situation where you're constantly taking car seats in and out of the car Brightex click tight system 
all the way. Can't say enough about that. So, you, so you're a stroller guy. I was going to ask you about this anyhow. So my this whole I swore up and down that we weren't going to be the parents that got all the stuff, and we got all the stuff, all <laughs> yeah. of it. And my biggest point of shame and all that is at one point we had seven strollers, and we. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we, we bought one and the the, the rest were either hand-me-down. We bought two and the yeah. others were hand-me-downs or, or uh, gifts. Uh, so we, we had the Vista and that was the last one we probably used. We had the, an umbrella stroller. We had the, the same one, the pocket stroller, which, I mean, for those who don't know, I'd describe it as it's the size of two medium pizza boxes stacked yeah. on top of each other. Yeah. It's tiny. Yeah. The thing was amazing. So we had that. We had the umbrella stroller. We had the Vista. We had a bob. We had a double bob. And then I think we had another... I don't even remember what the other two were, but they were just cluttering up the garage and I couldn't, I couldn't, it was hard to look at without feeling just waves of shame. <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was awful. You know, it's so the, the, the way I found the GB pocket, the way I learned about it was we were at lunch one day and I saw this guy walk in with this stroller. I'm like, I've never seen that stroller before. What's that all about? And then I saw him fold the thing away and I'm like, yeah. I stood up and I'm like, dude, where's what's the name of that stroller? I need one of those. Yeah, I'm totally just obsessed with strollers. But yeah, we, I, I mean, at a, at our height, we had a Chico and... Uh, uh, we had one of those too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, right. So we literally, I think at our most, we had uh, three strollers. We had a janky one that our, uh, that my wife's brother gave to us when we were in asia on a trip because it was a small form factor so it made a lot of sense in asia um but yeah other than that we had we had the two that um yeah the, the chico and, and and the the gb pocket and those were great great strollers i mean part of it too i think you know for you guys though right i mean two kids and then it sounds like you were also you had the um I'm completely blanking on the name of the stroller, but you had one of the jogging strollers too, right? So like some the of them are, yeah, yeah right. So some of them are like purpose. Like I, I get mm. why you'd want to jog with a Bob versus like the Chico stroller, right? It's just not meant to be running around with or the, the GB pocket fit. But yeah, I mean, I think there are, uh, there's a time and a place for some of these strollers. And, and, and it is, it is amazing how some of these strollers are very much sort of purpose built. I remember, when we were looking at that, when, when we spent our two hours looking at the strollers for two kids, one of the strollers in there was like a $700 stroller. And I was just drooling over it because it was like, seven, first of all, I would never spend $700 on a stroller. But the, the build quality, like it, you were clearly getting what you were paying for in that 700 bucks. Like yeah. you could tell the difference between... And you should, right? I mean, you better be able to tell the difference between a seven hundred dollars stroller and like a you know one hundred yeah. or two hundred dollars stroller. Um, but yeah, I mean, there there are some really fancy pants strollers out there that I was like, man, that would be great. But there's just no way I can justify spending that much money on a stroller. But yeah, the 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 upper baby Vista, that's one of those. And and, yeah. and again, it was a gift. I wouldn't be able to be able to justify it. But I know what you're talking about. It was like a well. It is a well engineered machine. Like it's kind of like a pleasure to use, you yeah. know, it's really, it, it's got some great design and engineering features about it that I wouldn't have expected. I'd be thrilled about in a, in a stroller. Yeah. And I will say, uh, you know, in terms of like where you want to splurge and we've sort of talked about this before, but a stroller is one of those things that you are going to be using a lot. So like, mm -hmm. I can't, you know, I would say that for, that is a place to splurge, you know, if there's something specific about a stroller that you like. To me, it, it does make sense to spend a little bit more on it. Uh, you know, again, this is the GB Pocket. 
you know, you're paying for the size. And to me, that was totally worth it. And some of these other ones you're paying for design elements or whatever, or, or the ecosystem of attachments, right, that come with it. We hope you found today's episode informative. If you'd like to support the podcast and hear more discussions around fatherhood, please subscribe, drop us a review, and head over to the website, papayfatigue.club. That's P-A-P-A-E-S-T-F-A-T-I-G-U-E.club to pick up some merch. If you have any questions, hit us up on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Thanks for listening.